0: At AIA Australia, we're making healthy living easier by incentivizing your clients with rewards, like discounts on their gym memberships, eligible flights, and insurance premiums with AIA Vitality. It's no wonder that we've reduced client lapse rates by 50% and helped grow client engagement. To find out more, contact your AIA CDM today. Horizons, ...which sort of transitions, you know, people don't really know a lot about advice into uh, people that know a little bit more than not a lot and, um, and something that uh, Jade and I was speaking about a little while ago over some beers was his unique take and experiences on outsourcing. And so that's something that a lot of people have done. Um, I myself have hired sort of several people uh, t- at different capacities um, without a lot of success. Um, I know Ben's done it. Uh, I know a lot of people have have done it. I know a lot of people who have run companies out of outsourcing. Um, Jade had some pretty unique insights. So, um, yeah, so, mate, I just want to guess, before we get to all that, you're like an ex-rock star. Can you talk a (laughs) few seconds about that?
1: Oh, geez, this is my life well and truly before finance, but yeah, in, in my uh, I guess early 20s, I spent a lot of time uh, as a touring musician uh, playing bass in an indie rock band and living the dream. It was great, carefree uh, touring the Eastern States. Yeah, it was fantastic. Seems a world away from where we are today.
0: Yes, indeed, indeed. Now, um, and then from there, you jumped into uh, direct insurance with A&P, is that correct? Yeah, so I
1: um, always knew I was going to end up back in the well in the finance world, um, and so I got my foot in the door whilst I was finishing some study with AMP, working out of their direct office. So we were dealing with clients uh, directly over the phone with you know, self serve insurance, superannuation, and even to some degree TTR. I don't know how they got away with doing that, but um, yeah, so I did that for about. Uh, uh, maybe about eighteen months or so before I, I moved over to horizons where we met which was uh, probably the best thing I could have done I think for my career at that stage
0: yeah it was it was very helpful I, I can definitely um, back that up so after after we spent a year in horizons you moved down to um, to Adelaide to essentially mm-hmm. sort of take over your dad's um, successful and um, you call it long-standing business yes yeah. It's a part of your goal of bringing your advice practice into the the 21st century or however you want to put this new world of advice. um, A part of that has been outsourcing. Can you talk us a little bit about some of the things that you're trying to bring in that was different, say, from your dad's strategy? And then we'll get into how the outsourcing fits in
1: okay well yeah so after i left horizons i moved obviously as, as you said back to adelaide and i spent a few years sort of doing the same kind of work as we we're doing in horizons working with sort of more low touch clients building building the, the book business um two years ago i officially i bought the business so my my father had had it for 30 odd years it had been, you know, quite heavily involved with a lot of corporate super, um, you know, areas like that, a lot of personal investment clients. He had to sell that back to Hill Ross and I purchased the majority of the book back, uh, but mainly focusing on our our full service clients that we had strong relationships with uh, and also, you know, a a number of our insurance clients, but we sort of carved off the corporate super part of the business at that stage. Um, And, yeah, I guess so. that was nearly two years ago now and it's been quite a journey from being a, I guess, an employed advisor into being somebody responsible for running staff, uh, improving business efficiencies, and the processes that we're using. So I guess, you know, a business that's been around for 30 years is quite set in its ways with how it has historically done things. Yeah. I have, did have some challenges with some long-standing staff that were, you know, whilst they were very good at what they did, weren't necessarily too impressed with wanting to learn new ways of doing things or adjust what they were doing, especially uh, at the instructions of a, of a young buff that's just come into the business. Um, so that that uh, had its own unique challenges in itself. But um, so I guess, you know, we're, we're all in the same boat. We're all trying to get more efficiencies for the same time in the office, do more with what we've got. One of, And uh, I guess for me, at the same time that I took over the business, I was in the fortunate position that uh, also had a relationship with uh, quite an a innovative uh, accounting group here in Adelaide um, and we formed a joint venture business I guess in light of some of the changes that were coming about with uh, well, the accountings, accountants providing financial advice to have an integrated in-house offering for them yep. and fortunately for me um, they already had um, had several forays into the offshoring uh, world um, and they'd done a, quite a bit of trial and error in their own right uh, but had settled on a model that was working really well for them. So fortunately for me, I didn't have to sort of learn too many of the pitfalls on my own time uh, and was able to sort of get them to something that was working quite well from the get-go. Um, so they had trialled um, staff over in India mm-hmm. uh, and had spent you know, a good few years trying to get a, get that system up and running. I think there was quite a few cultural issues that they did have with with just the the differences between India and Australia that had posed some challenges. And for them, they'd found that, uh, I guess, the Philippines having such a a good grasp of English uh, and a little bit more of a, for lack of a better word, Westernized um, background uh, was a really good fit. Um, So I've just simply leveraged off what they were doing well and tried to apply it to my own business. And uh, yeah, I before before sort of taking the plunge to do it because it is a you know a reasonable mind sh- mindset shift to think all right. Well, traditionally I've always just had people in my office where I can walk over to them, say good day, and ask them to come back to me on some things. There's somebody who I don't know who is not in my office, so I went over with Chris, who's one of the directs of the accounting business, to see how it all worked firsthand. I think that's really important. Um, so we went over to Manila. Um, visited the offices, met with the guys that run the whole show over there to get an understanding of what the recruitment process is like. Importantly, this is one, was one of the big things for me. I needed to feel comfortable uh, that the security and the, you know, the data um, security over there was going to be up to scratch before I'd feel comfortable with somebody else having access to outline info.
0: Absolutely.
1: Yeah, so, um, yeah, after, after visiting there and being quite impressed with how their their offices were run um, and, the, you know, the screening that they put their, their staff through, which includes, you know, having you know, a, a variety of Australian recognised qualifications as well. So these, these aren't the, the people we're dealing with. They're not people who have never d- don't know what a super fund is or, you know, yeah, they're the guys that at least as a bare minimum got RG146 compliance.
0: Yeah, right.
1: And, uh, yeah, so we worked, I started with one staff member, Evelyn, and uh, at the moment we've only got two there at the moment. Uh, but, you know, it, I think that is going to be definitely an area of growth for our business, While which actually, strangely enough, allows us to have the capacity to employ more people here in Australia as well. So it hasn't sort of been a, a case of, building a team offshore at the expense of jobs and stuff here in Australia. The, the two are not mutually exclusive. They've allowed us to kind of build the capacity by using people offshore. And then because of that extra capacity, we can now employ more people locally as well. So it's I find it a real win-win.
0: Awesome. So um, I just want to dive into that that functionality. So so you flew over, you met with the team. Um, it, was that the limit of it or did you... did was there was there any other relationship building
1: well i I guess as i was saying our situation was a bit different in that so chris and we were the two directors of the accounting group they have 10 staff there already Mm. so um, and they had been running that for about 18 months or so before i got involved so it was just at that stage it was more for me let's have a look at what's working really well for them why is that different from what they've done previously um you know i trust the other directors there they're their input uh, you know they're both quite savvy guys in their own right um and uh, yeah so we just we got to know, you know how, how do you set it up what, what from a compliance point of view what do we need to consider to make sure that we're meeting all of our compliance obligations you know and that that extends to not only just the data security but how you're communicating with your staff uh, in other countries so you know for example what we any client information is stored locally on our server and we, they, they all have remote access to our server that has to go through Australia. So we're not emailing back and forth any client documents that could uh, you know, could, could get intercepted. Um, anything related to client info is still stored on our servers back in Australia and they just have access to it. So you know, it's just fine tuning how are we are going to set everything up so that we're um, meeting all of our compliance obligations from day one essentially.
0: And how did you train your staff?
1: Okay, Well, I guess for me, Evelyn, who I employed, you know, I, 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 the, the first interview process, so I had a, a, had a Skype interview that the guys in, in Manila arranged for me, so we had um, five, I think it was five candidates or so to choose from to start with, of varying ages and experiences. and. As my, for my first staff member, I just went for the person who was the most experienced in dealing with the, the variety of things that we might need need to use. So, you know, I Evelyn, her background was that she'd been working uh, for Western banks in the Philippines for a very long time, doing a lot of um, economic reports for them, cl- uh, client communication. So she, and as well as her immediate role prior to working with me was as a paraplanner planner over there as well. So she was familiar with... X plan, even though we, we didn't use that in our office, so we don't at the moment. Sure. She was familiar with, with the types of software we'd be using, the format for statements and advice. And, uh, you know, so when I said that uh, she was the one, we, we gave them the nod. Um, so the way that it kind of works in our arrangement is that we, we deal directly with the, with the group in the Philippines there. The group that we choose to use, they're called MAPTA. They're run by an Australian guy, Tim Vorbach, over there. Mm-hmm. Um So we, we deal with them, they find the staff, we, we pay them the, the fee to, to, to for the staff salaries, but technically they're employed in the Philippines by Amapta.
0: Right. What
1: was the name of that, Jay? What's the value in that, what? Oh, the name, Amapta, um, E M A P T A,
0: And what kind yeah. of work do you get them to do?
1: well so initially there was it was more compliance issues from our point of view for doing power planning and more detailed work um so evelyn has just been essentially um a client services officer so she will do you know for summer i'll have a meeting with a client and they want a withdrawal i'll just jump on um skype evelyn um hey this client needs this money out by x time can you please um, arrange that to happen and, and log the file notes and they, they take care of it all. So it's essentially like having a virtual assistant or a client services officer, um, you know, if we need portfolio rebalances, um, she sends us the, uh, the work to check before she pushes the buttons, but then she will she'll implement some of those changes. So a lot of the, the back end time consuming things, but still, still areas that carry, you know, a, a large amount of trust as well.
0: Definitely. Yeah, so she's got access to um, to the platforms and logins yeah, yeah. and everything like that, okay?
1: Yeah, yeah, she does. And, uh, you know, I, I wouldn't have done that if I wasn't very comfortable with the integrity of the people that they
0: were hiring. So that's why you flew over, just to make sure. Yeah. Okay, so it was less about, you know, taking a stab in the dark, so to speak, and more yeah. about using using an a team that was... Already experienced
1: would... in what we wanted to do, essentially. Yeah.
0: Okay. Um, but then we
1: we had to then. I had to satisfy myself that I was comfortable with the, the quality quality work that they do. And look, it's it's not something that you, it's, it's perfect from day one. Yep. Um what we've what we've done since since I hired him, well, I go over each year um, around Christmas time. We we take all, essentially, we treat the staff or Chris and we the other directors of the accounting group, and we're all our teams are in the same little office space, so they they all know each other, which is great. Also, from an efficiency point of view, because if I need to know things about our mutual clients, they can just talk to each other and just sort it out in the one yeah, office, that's which great. is fantastic. At um, basically no cost for the accounting group either. Um, yeah. So they don't have to have their full accountants sitting there tracking down, you know, self-managed fund statements or whatever the case is. Yeah. Um, but so we, we fly over there each year and do ongoing training. But what I found was really good. I didn't know we could actually do this at the time that I hired Evelyn, but i to also organise uh, visas for her to come over to Australia and work in our office for a period of time. So we flew Evelyn over, over after she 'd been with us for about six or seven months, and she spent uh, six weeks working from our office as as you know, just as she 's the same as any of our other staff she just happens to be located in a different country
0: wow that's that's see that's i 've never heard of of that happening before so that's that 's very unique so she came over um, and yeah. enjoyed sort of getting to know everyone, but also you were able to instill in her not only the values, um, but, you know, the, the systems and how you how you yeah. work, rather than everything <laughs> in Skype. And she yeah. works in an office with a bunch of other people that are associated with your business. So it's really like a secondary um, office space. That's just, It's an extension <laughs> yeah. of your office yeah. rather than someone being uh, working for you on the other side of the world
1: yeah we, we didn't want it to feel like a little um, somebody isolated on the other side of the world who's just sort of tapping into what we're doing they are a valued part of our team and every bit as important as any one of our other staff members um, so I think where some people can go wrong when you're dealing with offshore staff is that they I guess they just think they're going to be self-sufficient ready to roll from day one here you go here's the work start doing it but I think there really needs to be a big focus on context and why, rather than just. I mean, they're clever enough to. Yeah, you know, they're well educated in, in Australian financial services um, areas, but yeah. if they don't understand why this certain thing that they're doing is important or how that's relevant to other things that you might be doing for them, it really can fall down. So uh, that's why I think it's it's really important to, to from a team. Uh, cohesion point of view to have Evelyn come over periodically work from our office it's a bit of a team building thing as well but then she can see how what she's doing, into it, how her cog in the wheel fits in with everything else that we're doing and why it's important and that's been, I think a really big a really big uh, point of uh, difference I think for us yeah. and
2: Jay, if I can just jump in for a sec um, how do you guys, because you mentioned security a couple of times how yeah. do you How do you manage security in in that office and what sort of, you know, procedures do you use to ensure that 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 level of security is maintain? Okay, so, I mean,
1: we've got our uh, dedicated IT team here in Adelaide that we work with who actually works very closely with the IT security team uh, in the Philippines at the MAPTA. They, as you could imagine, have extremely rigorous processes that they have to apply to. Because the last thing they're going to want is any form of data security issue, because it would just essentially destroy all trust uh, in in that operation. So they're they're extremely tight on it from their end. So we've we've got a number of different firewalls and various email screening uh, systems that we use, which can sometimes be frustrating because sometimes you get things that you don't want to have caught up in the firewall and get get stuck there, but. Um, it's not the kind of area you want to take chances with. But so we we just make sure that no, we have an office-wide policy that there's no no emails or other forms of communication with client sensitive info. It's all stored locally. The only way for for the people in in for our staff in Manila for Evelyn and now Oliver to access that info is through our server. um all, and everything is monitored through our email systems well to see who's sending what, so we can keep tabs on if any staff members have breached that or not, but we, we're very tight on that. That's that's extremely important.
2: So does it actually restrict them from being able to send sensitive information somewhere else or or is it just that everything is tracked and then you can then audit what's actually been happening? Look, I don't, I, I'm not
1: sure offhand whether it actually physically stops the, the sending. I, I, I believe that, um, on the Philippines side, that they've only got certain emails that they're able to certain email addresses that are able to send to from their end, but as still, all of our client stuff isn't really dealt with on emails through our server anyway. Um, but yeah, they're, 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 all of their um, emails and, and communication is very closely monitored on, on their end. I mean, we're going to the point of where. To get into that building, you've got to go through a metal detector. You can't bring in a mobile phone, USB drives. The computers don't have uh, USB drives. Um, you know, it's it's about 10 times the level of security of any financial services, uh, you know, office you find here in Australia. Um, but it really has to be for them because, you know, they just can't afford
2: any reputational damage by having any, any issues like that. So I, I fully understand and support it. Okay, I think that's something that a lot of people look at, you know, when they they think about this off- offshoring, but it can put a lot of people off because obviously with the sort of information that we use, we have access to, that you know, could get up to a fair bit of mischief. But uh,
1: it sounds like well, I think know. also just reviewing your own, and this is what we're sort of reviewing this at the moment ourselves, just making sure that your professional indemnity insurance cover is is up to scratch, and and uh, that there is third party PI cover in place with, with the providers you deal with. I know that we're working with a map to review that at the moment and as well as our own. So yeah, I, I wouldn't be, um, if I wasn't comfortable with the recruitment process and the integrity and uh, the security over there, I, I just wouldn't wouldn't do it. But uh, I think yeah, from my, my observations and the previous experience from the accounting group that have, you know, they've got hundreds and hundreds of clients that are using services over there, um, there's been zero issues for us.
0: Right. Um, Well, mate, you, you've sort of dobbed us in because uh, Jackie, who works for us over in the Philippines, <laughs> texting me saying, "Hey, wink, wink, yeah, you can send me to Australia for Christmas. So cheers for that, buddy.
1: Yeah, you're welcome, you're welcome. <laughs> or more importantly, Clay, you can uh, have a nice little tax deductible business trip over to the Philippines. Ah, it's all right. <laughs> touché,
0: touché. <laughs> Um, um, okay, well, we, we've probably got another, you know, uh, nine minutes up our sleeve. Uh, I know you're very busy, Jade. You've got a, a meeting to, to go into. Um, so I guess at this stage, we'd like to maybe take some questions from the group. Uh, we've got yeah, one, she- Mark. Um, and does Evelyn work for you exclusively full-time or does she serve other firms? She's exclusively our staff
1: member full-time. Right. Yeah, I, 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 wouldn't, I wouldn't like to deal with with staff members doing multiple, working for multiple practices. I think I, I need that, the full attention of that person with our clients and our business. So um, that's, that, that's really important um, for us.
2: And, Jay, do you do, you do the full management of, of Evelyn or do, do, is there a management team in the office over there that provides some, you know, basic support as well? Yes, they do. They've
1: got four, we've got a tiered management structure over there, so there's somebody that um, reports to me on, you know, if she's had a sick day or if there's, you know, issues with running a fire drill in the office or whatever the case may be, we have regular performance reporting. They, they re- request from us to make sure that uh, we're happy with the, with the calibre of the work that's been produced and, and uh, what, what's happening over there so they can improve their training and, and processes as well. So. Yeah, I I usually, for anything, I guess, management-related, I've got
2: a dedicated um, person over there that I deal
1: with who oversees my staff.
2: Sure. Okay. And how do you guys, how do you communicate typically on a, you know, day-to-day basis when you're working with the staff? Do you use any particular technology or, you know, how do you run that?
1: Uh, I, well, we use Skype quite a bit. I mean, I, I have to admit, I'm not probably the most tech-savvy uh, person out there, but I find Skype works really well for us. So we, we have our, uh, quite frequently, have Monday morning meetings where we look at what's on the go in the office for the for the coming week. And, uh, yeah, so we, we'll patch our staff in the Philippines to that so they can participate. And, uh, again, it's all about feeling included in the team and the business that they're working in, so they're, they're, you know, they're, they're Invested in, in what they're doing in our business.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and I just got a, a follow up question from Mark here as well, just asking about the cost of the service.
1: Well, I guess the, the cost will vary depending on what type of work you want that person to be able to do, their level of experience and number of years doing that kind of role. I think from, from memory, our, our full time staff over there probably costs us somewhere in the vicinity of. 33 to thirty five thousand uh, thousand Aussie dollars per year right in that, in that order but um, you know it, it, it will vary I've heard of other people paying you know twenty five twenty seven thousand for their stuff it just depends on um, the organization and the, the previous experience I'd suggest
0: yeah I'd suggest probably a lot of that would be the office that that they're yeah. in and all the the safety measures the management that's involved. Um. Yeah. Being as sensitive as the data is. Yeah. They're, they're, I mean, they, they've
1: got a lot of overheads. So like they, they've run a. You know, there's a lot of Australian and other country businesses operating from to I can only speak from experience of the group that we're using. Um, so they do have a lot of overheads. So they've got their their set fee to provide the recruitment, the the management of your staff, there, all of the facilities. You know, if there's extra things that they need, like we might need a computer upgrade or a, a new printer or whatever, um, they, will, they, they, technically, they um, tend to just charge at a cost price to us on our invoices, I'm not trying to mark that up. Um, we can opt to pay in Aussie dollars or, their, their, or US dollars. So uh, I tend to pay in US dollars depending on the exchange rate because we, you know, they, they they will probably have a slight margin in there, so I choose to do it that way. Sure. Um, yeah.
2: Okay. And Jake, did did you have any? uh, Did you make any mistakes when you first got started? Like, if you were going back again, is there anything that stands out that you know you would do differently or or better to make it work easier if you were to to start this again?
1: Um, Well, I guess.
2: I don't think there's too much that I'd change at this
1: stage. I mean, we're only still 18 months in, so we're, st- we're still learning and refining what we're doing as well. I went profess to be, look, I'm not the oracle of offshore staffing and know-it-all, but I was in the fortunate position of being able to leverage off other people that had already had some you know, trial and error with other arrangements. So I was able to sort of get off to it, get, start using that service on, on the right foot, I think. So I think as long as you see, look at what you're required to do from your licensee, you can point of view, uh, engage the relevant stakeholders, and uh, you know, essentially follow, ensure your compliance is tight, and that you've got good, uh, good staff. And you're happy with the recruiting, and uh, you're clear on what you want them to do. I think it's it can be a really successful uh, recipe for helping to grow the capacity of your business, with hopefully not overburdening your, your practice with, um, you know, with added cost to to a large extent. Sure.
2: And if someone was thinking about going down this path, would, you know, would you say that there's some uh, anything that they need to, to do apart from what you've just mentioned, of course? But um, I'd get the, over there, and...
1: <laughs> get over there and see it for yourself. Be satisfied that you understand the way that it works, because it is different to Australia, um, and that you're comfortable with the people running any of the outsourcing uh, or offshoring arrangements that you're considering. Know them, know who you need to go to if there's any issues. But importantly, I'd really encourage you to get over there, um, see how it all works for yourself. That was a real eye-opener for me. And as I said, if I wasn't comfortable with it when I went there, I would definitely not have done it. But I'm very glad that I did.
0: Awesome, man. And just to uh, wrap up, just got one quick question here from Leon. Um, Is there disclosure... Issues? You got to tell your uh, clients that things are being outsourced or in the yeah, we, the we do that out. on our yeah,
1: we do that on our client acknowledgement forms, and it's in our um, FSCG. Okay. So uh, yeah, we, we make sure that, uh, and I, I let them know that we have got staff that are operating uh, from Manila, um yep. and that they're responsible for implementing some of the work we do, uh, and we'll have access to the info. But they're they're part of our team. I haven't had anyone have any issues with it.
0: Yep. Okay, cool. Well, mate, thank you very, 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 very much for your time, brother. Um, yeah, we'll, um, we'll jam out as, our, as us former rock stars generally <laughs> do on the weekend in our underwear. Um, <laughs> uh, tonight, um, for everyone, we have the XY um, social event on CBD in Melbourne. Um, thank you very much to uh, Midwinter and Centuria for that. And uh, we will see you here again, 12 o'clock Sydney time next week on Thursday. And um, have a really good week. Thanks for having me, guys. Cheers. Cheers. Bye. Bye. Bye.